Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Fam, we are live from Club Champagne. It's Dudes Night here on BSH Radio. <laughs> and uh, let's just get it started. On the main stage from TheAthletic.com, the redheaded wonder himself, Charlie O'Connor. So one thing I found really funny yesterday is that when that Toronto-Colorado trade got announced... And hockey Twitter just had no idea how to react to a trade that was actually fair. Yeah, just like a hockey trade. Yeah, it's just people always have to, like, there has to be one team that we're all laughing at. And people were just in shock, like, wait, that, but like Toronto got better and, and Colorado got better. This just doesn't make any sense to me. Someone has to be the dumb one. <laughs> it was amazing. Well done, guys. And joining us once again this week from Flyperbole, he asked me to let you know the carpet does match the drapes. Oh, I did not say that, Craig but it's, it, it's dude's night out here, so I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, I My hot take was I, I wanted Joe Pavelski. That was it. I didn't think he was available until I, yesterday, yeah. so that would be my hot take. I was just looking like the thought of him in another jersey, it's one of those it's guys that's weird. Yeah. Like some, like Tavares, uh, that didn't mean anything to me, but this one's this one's weird. It's real weird. The well, thought of him coming to the East was like an impossibility. I don't know. Like he I just, really didn't think he, he was going to leave. He just plays on the other side of the Mississippi. That's what it is. <laughs> I really just didn't think he was going to leave San Jose. I didn't think so either. So, I, like, I, I was going to say, because we were going to talk about the hay signing and everything, Part of the Hayes signing was he. I thought he was the best option out there. Favelsky wasn't leaving, or the most realistic option, I guess. So now that he's left, I feel like, and we'll get well, into. Really, it. We'll, really, we're gonna. Yeah. This is basically gonna be a. Uh, how does this affect the Flyers show? Yeah. This is gonna be ice sport, but with everything relating back to the Flyers. But it's also positive spin Tuesday, so I want a little. I want some positive spins out of you people. But yeah, uh, to the Pavelski thing, it seems like. <laughs> It seems like he would he fits more what they did with their other additions. Like not a long term. Maybe we're yeah. gonna overpay a little, but mm. it's only three years. Like what Niskanen's two, Braun is one. Like it just seems it fits more with we have these kids, they're coming. I don't know. It's they got Hayes and I'm fine with it. It's just yeah. I kinda wanted Pavelski too and to see what happened. I was like, oh. So here's right. the thing with Pavelski that I will say and I I would have been fine with Pavelski, you know, on that contract. I probably would rather have Pavelski at three or seven mil a year uh, over what they got with Hayes, even though Pavelski's old, but he's still good. I, I would have been okay with that. The the one thing that you do have to account for, though, and it's it's impossible to know for sure because the Flyers were not in the running. You don't know, but Pavelski turned down 
a lot of teams. There were a lot of teams that wanted to get in the bidding for him that he just would not meet with. Minnesota was one, Columbus was another. The two teams that he actually met with and talked to were Dallas and Tampa Bay. So you're talking about Tampa Bay, the team that had the best record and was one of the best teams from the regular season in NHL history, and Dallas, a team that was one goal away from getting to the conference finals. So I just don't know. Maybe he looked at he would have looked at the Flyers and said, "Hey, they're they're interesting. I I would potentially want to sign with them." Maybe he looks at the Flyers and says, "They didn't make the playoffs last year. I don't think I want to join because I think he wanted to join a team that he thinks can win it all in the next year or two." And it's really a question whether he would look at the Flyers and believe that. Oh, maybe, maybe I mean, like maybe yeah. he would have, but I just I, I feel like if he was if he was turning down teams like Minnesota and Columbus, like. Yeah. I'm not sure how different they were entering the offseason, at least on paper, than the Flyers were, at least in terms of league perception of them. So, Since we got this uh, conversation rolling, in a little bit I'm going to want some uh, dev camp talk from you, Charlie. Hey, but yo. since we got this conversation rolling, the first thing I want to go with is uh, how the Flyers filled their huge hole at 2C uh, versus the other options. They go out and give the big old contract to Kevin Hayes. It's fine. It's cool. I don't hate it. It should be okay. But let's look at the other options. We just talked about Pavelski for a bit. Three years, seven mil a year with the Stars. It kind of just seems like, yeah, he was going to one of those places. Charlie said Tampa or Dallas. So, obviously, he doesn't like to pay taxes. He is not a patriot. <laughs> he is American. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wonder who he voted for. <laughs> Jill Stein. We know it was Jill Stein. Uh, Matt Duchesne. This Matt Duchesne thing is really driving people crazy because of the term and uh, and value of the Kevin Hayes contract. When you compare the two deals, listen, Kevin Hayes is a nice addition. I think he makes it harder to play against. I think he's going to – I think there's a chance he has the best year of his career this season. I really do, and we'll get into that in a bit. But Matt Duchesne's um, – Kind of what they needed, no? <laughs> I, I want a fast you. goal scorer who plays center. Yeah, that seems the like that hole. seems yeah. like and what I, we want. And the whole thing against the Duchesne at first was the the price tag, and now I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what happened here. I mean, for only a million dollars or more, I don't know. I think I, I think a lot of people will go Duchesne if the. If I mean, if you knew the final, that's the problem. Is if your options are, if you're just putting them in front of me. Hayes at seven point one, yeah, or Duchesne at eight. Okay, yes, I want Matt Duchesne. Yeah, of course. Yeah. However, Charlie. All right. So here's here's the thing with Duchesne, and this is this is something that that had been rumored for a long time. Like this isn't just pulling it out after the fact. He really wanted to go to Nashville. He loves the city. He one he, of those. He'd been going right. there a lot, even when he was still a member of his old teams. Like loves was, bachelorette parties. Can't get enough of them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, no, he loves the city, and he was. I think he was already building a house there, like long before free agency. Nashville was almost certainly going to be his top pick if Nashville could clear the kind of cap space that would allow them to make a competitive offer to him. Well, they traded PK Subban to clear that cap space, and as soon as that happened, everybody pretty much knew yeah. he's probably going to Nashville. So the point I'll make is this. Yes, Duchesne at eight at eight mil is probably better than Hayes at seven. I think because I think Duchesne's a better player, but I don't think I'm not going to go so far as to say if the Flyers would have went into July first trying to get Duchesne that they wouldn't have been able to get him. They might have been able to get him, but 
they would have had to pay a lot more than $8 million to get him to not go to Nashville because Nashville was his team. So you can convince a guy not to go to his dream city, but you're going to have to throw an extra mil, you know, mil, mil a half, two mil a year at him to convince him like, you know, I really had a dream of playing for Nashville, but that's a lot of money. I can't turn that down. So to me, the question is not, do, would you rather have Duchesne at 8 mil or Hayes at 7 mil? Because yeah, yeah you'd rather have Duchesne at 8 mil. The question is, where do you ha- rather have Duchesne at 9.5 mil or Hayes? He's a seven mil. Maybe you still rather have Duchesne, but it's a lot harder of a question That's, to answer. It's harder, but yeah, let me ask that question. Greg, <laughs> would you rather have Duchesne at nine and a half or ten versus Hayes at seven? How old is Duchesne right now? He's a year older. I think he's 28, 29. Yeah, Duchesne is 28, Hayes is 27. Yeah. Duchesne's a year older than Hayes. I mean, when we start getting there, I guess. I guess I'll lean Hayes for that much. I don't know if I want to pay almost 10 million for Duchesne. I don't know. I just think if you were if if no no I know if, what you're if, saying if, yeah, if, yeah. if you were I, trying I to get yeah. him and you were bidding against is, Nashville like I literally right. and just just to prove that like this isn't just something I'm pulling I'm pulling out of my ass after the fact like in my in my uh, my twenty free agents column that I released on the sixth of June was. This was my explanation for for Duchesne. Finally, it's been heavily rumored that his top choice is Nashville, and the Predators seem open to jumping into the bidding. Duchesne's probably safer than Hayes in the sense he's more likely to be an impact player on his next contract. He's been that since jumping into the league in 2009-2010, and he clears the eye test far easier than Hayes. But how much more in years and money would a team like the Flyers be willing to pay for that certainty, especially knowing they'll likely have to blow away the money a team like Nashville will offer? So, like, this was always kind of my thing, is that if Nashville was going to be able to get into the bidding, they were going to get the best price for Duchesne. So if you were going to, if you wanted to beat them, it wasn't just a matter of, like, well, offer them another $100,000 and that'll do it. Like, no, you were going to have to significantly beat them to get Duchesne. No, that... that Makes sense. And I think also just looking at it now, you know, the two price tags and being like, well, which one would you rather want? I think it's a little unfair to Fletcher, too, because at the same time, 2C has been a problem for a while. And coming into the summer, we thought the market was going to be pretty small, not many options. So he went out there and got what we thought was the best realistic and option. we talked and about he did this. the leg work for it and he did everything for it that's and we talked about this at yeah. the time of the Hayes trade right that you have to fill this hole mm-hmm. this is your yeah. big glaring weakness it looks like you have a goalie your defense is steadying you have your young kids coming along you can figure that out that was your big issue Columbus wasn't trading the rights of Duchesne. They thought they could keep him. Yeah, they wanted to keep him. They wanted to to. keep him. Hayes was gone. Hayes was always a rental. So you wanted to get a guy. Go to July 1st and say, all right, we're just going to get a bit of war with everyone else. Well, we don't have a 2C. (laughs) Good luck. You know what the funny thing is? And this is a... um, I wish they could win bidding wars. but I I, I don't really know if I... I don't don't really like all this uh, money and free agency. But I mean, I kind of... I I wish it wasn't... I just wish there was one guy who's uh, like... um, Charlie, you just said a sentence a few minutes ago. Oh, I did. His dream... (laughs) On podcast. His dream was to play for Nashville. I did not ever think I would hear that sentence. <laughs> it's a great sentence. I was going to no, say, I, where are those guys from Philly? Yeah, That's I, all I want to know. I just, like, good job, we're one of the most historic franchises. And listen, maybe he just went there and had a great time. I had a great time when I was in Nashville. I would go back, and I freaking hate country music, and I had a great time. But I, I just... But just to, why is it always we have to convince... Like, Joel Quint, well, we just can't get him, doesn't want to come... I know, I don't want to get into the no, no one wants I, to No, I'll actually... I'll, I'll get into it's this. It's not that. I'll get into this, because... Like somebody 
noted this on Twitter to me a couple days ago. They were like, well, this just shows, I forget exactly what it was about, but they said something to the extent of, well, this just shows that the Flyers are no longer a tier A, a tier A destination. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here was my thing. My thing is like, you know what? You're probably right. They probably are not a tier A destination anymore. The thing is, though, is that, like, what are the tier A destinations? And in my mind right now, in the current NHL, there's three tier A destinations, and only one of them is universal. Tampa Bay is tier A. Everybody wants to go to Tampa, which in a way is hilarious to me because they still haven't won anything. But like clearly everybody does <laughs> want to go warm. there. When, yeah, no whenever taxes. a good player hits the, hits, the, hits the market, it's I want to go to Tampa. So they're, they're clearly tier A. And then the other two teams that are tier A aren't even tier A for everybody. But they're tier A for like if you're an American-born player, the Rangers are tier A. We're clearly seeing that like every single freaking American-born player yeah. wants to go to the Rangers. And then if you're Ontario, TRA is Toronto, as we saw with Tavares. But like aside from those three, like I think the Flyers are probably tier B in the sense that in the sense that tier B is like everyone else that isn't somewhere like Winnipeg. And all the tier B teams are just kind of hoping that the guy that they want happens to have like a thing for their city. Like Florida is like the Florida Panthers are not a more desirable destination than Philadelphia. But for Joel Quenville, they were. I don't think Nashville is inherently a more desirable destination than Philadelphia, but for Matt Duchesne, they were. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of teams now, now that the, the salary cap exists, and now that teams can't just pay a ridiculous amount of money, whatever they want, because certain teams just have endless amount of, of budget. Some teams don't. Now you have a bunch of teams in this tier B where everybody's just kind of hoping that the guy who hits the market happens to like them for whatever random reason they have. They happen to yeah. like that. Grew team. up an Eagles I just, fan. I th- grew up an Eagles fan. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, he cosplays as Mr. Philly, signs a 900 year deal with the Angels. <laughs> it's my goal to be on the air full time in this. This is totally off base. It's my goal to be on the air full time in this city I hope by 2026. So I can lead the charge to boo Mike Trout at the All-Star game. <laughs> yes. He is my yes. enemy. Goals. He Life is, goals. He is my enemy. Here. It gives me a reason to get up in the morning. It's He's my mortal enemy. He re- like more so than like Havlat. <laughs> So going so going back to the anyway, uh, back to the show. No, going back to the the conversation we were having before we kind of got sidetracked on this. And this is this is going back kind to the, the center debate. Yeah. Um interesting to me is that you know if there's one if there's one player that I honestly am sort of like, man, I kind of wish it's a guy who no one has really talked about because I just don't think anybody's really like, no one really knows about him. And when he when he got moved last week, it was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, I've heard of him. He's okay, I guess. Like to me, it's not like it's not Kadri because as we'll get into with Kadri, like yeah, he got traded. But if you're trading for Kadri, you're probably gonna have to give up like one of Ghost Sanheim or Myers, and I don't think anybody really wanted to do that. So to me, the guy who I'm like, man, I kind of wish they might have. They, if they wouldn't have went for Hayes, I kind of wish they would went down that road. Was Eric Halla. Because he got uh, traded for he got traded for peanuts because Vegas was trying to get under the cap. Is Hal as good as Hayes? No. But if you kind of wanted to go with that, like, you know, like high end third line center to pair with high end third line center and get him at a bargain type of thing, like Hal would have worked and you would have had to give up jack shit for him. So to me, like, that's the, you know, man, I kind of wish they would have just waited and maybe would have went for him because they what they gave up like a, a late round pick and Nicholas Roy or why yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't even know if he's if he goes yeah, by I think the, it was like a twenty twenty I, I don't even know too. if he goes yeah. by the Patrick the Patrick <laughs> Waugh style or if he's just Roy. But um but yeah it wasn't anything special and they got him because Vegas was trying to clear space. And that's the kind of move where if you were patient, 
maybe you could have you could have gotten, but you never would have known that. You know, you never would have known he was the guy that was going to be available until he became available because yeah. Vegas got crunched. That that was a player where I'm like that might have worked. Now, granted, I think Hayes is better. Do I think Hayes is you know seven years and four million dollars a year better? Uh, I don't know, but. You know, it's okay. just that 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 was the one guy who's who's changed hands over this over this month where I'm like, you know, maybe that would have been a better fit than giving Kevin Hayes seven million dollars. I will say all years. things considered, I do like that Kevin Hayes signing. I think for me, I just keep envisioning Patrick actually progresses, becomes a good two line center. And then when you need cap space in like three or four years, you're paying your third line center seven point one and that kind of becomes a problem and they're kind of losing leverage and deals. What's possibly, gonna but... happen in three or four years, Craig? Oh. Compliance buyouts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I want to worry about that. Uh, yeah, Charlie right. doesn't <laughs> believe there's gonna be a lockout. I mean, there, yeah. there might be what? compliance yeah. buyouts though. Yeah. Um the other thing too with Hayes that I, I think I, may, oh, okay, I maybe didn't uh, didn't like <laughs> pump this aspect of the signing up enough on social media as much as I maybe should have, but like it's fair to note that he was drafted as a winger. So, like this is there, there, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you just slide him over. Do like one drill. thing, one thing I liked about Duchesne is that Duchesne's skill set was yeah. so like it's it fit the wing so well. But Hayes has played; he's played center primarily in the NHL. But he was drafted as a winger. Presumably, he could go back there because that's well, one then thing. Forget what I just said. That's so. one <laughs> thing I did want to ask though: is does this kind of not change your like? Give you a different idea of what maybe their perception of a guy like Morgan Frost is if they're giving a center this much money when you already have Coots. That's fair. You already have uh, Patrick, yeah. and you know Lawton's going to be a good four C for you know the foreseeable future. Does it like? Do you think, or is it just we can move Hayes, we can move uh, Frost? It doesn't matter. Have enough good players. Could I they even move Patrick too? Well, I think yeah. Patrick is. I think Patrick is a Couturier. He's, he's a pure. Center. Yeah, he's so just a. He's yeah. just a center. They, that that's where he provides the most value, and they they think he's a center. Yeah, I don't know. The all I could really say about that Frost idea because it's an interesting is an interesting thought experiment. Um, I just think they're done assuming and I'm fine that with prospects that. are going to be what they hope they're going to be. Like when they if they get to that point, great. And we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. But I just think they're done assuming that prospects are going to be exactly what we think their best case scenario is. And I'm totally fine with that. I came into this offseason saying I'm done depending on oh yeah, well, you know, if Ivan Provorov just and uh, uh, Provorov different story. We need him to yeah, take yeah. another step. He was drafted to be our number one defenseman. But like, you know, if you think Oscar Lindblom is going to be a first liner, you're going to be so really disappointed. Uh, let's talk about this Kadri trade. Because a lot of people coming into the... After, obviously, we get Hayes, it's okay, well, we filled that hole. But a lot of people are looking at Toronto's cap situation, looking at what the Flyers need, and going, Kadri's a fit. Yeah, he was. Absolutely. When I see this trade, my God, I'm thinking, like, to get him, it's ghost with potential salary retention. Yeah. Patrick and a late pick... Like just looking I, at, I don't think it's just that, looking production wise. Like Kerfoot's a forty point player. I don't think it's that much, but I do think you're you're definitely losing one of Ghost or Sandheim, and even to be honest, like I don't even know if there's a fit period because the big thing with Toronto is that Toronto wanted a right hand defenseman, yep. and the Flyers like they have Myers, but. As much as we like Myers, he's not Tyson Barry. And they built their offseason around that he's our third pair defenseman. Yeah. yeah. So I just don't know. Like, you maybe could have sold them on Ghost. 
because with Ghost, yeah, he's a lefty, but he's played a lot of the right side, and he's exactly the type of puck-moving defenseman they wanted. So maybe there was a fit with Ghost as a centerpiece. And then beyond him, you know, instead of giving, instead of getting Kerfoot back... Like I don't think Pat like Patrick is more value has more value than, than Kerfoot. Um I'm trying to think what it would be like. Will he after this year? Oh I guess we'll find out. Um <laughs> like maybe Limblom. Like Limblom okay, maybe. Yeah. Right. Like maybe Limblom I feel like is relatively comparable so to Kerfoot. Ghost and Limblom and a pick for Kadri or just for Kadri and then Rosen, who's actually a pretty good prospect. He's actually yeah. he's a little older, but he had a great year. Yeah, in the he's AHL. a pretty good prospect. Um, I really thought Kadri because I just looked at the price tags. And I know there's salary retention going one way. I'm just looking at their production, and I just thought for some reason Kadri was a lot more productive. But their numbers are almost exactly the same over the last two years. Kadri, 99 points, 153 games. He's got 32 points in the power play. Hayes, 99 points in 147 games, only 19 on the power play. So 5-on-5, yeah. five five, Hayes the superior player, well, at yeah, least in Kadri, terms of point production. Yeah, Kadri had a couple of 30-goal seasons, I think. He did. Well, yeah, well, he's got the goal score. And he's playing in Toronto. Well, well now he's, and I think, too, with Kadri, you know, especially this past year, he obviously dropped down to the 3C role. So yeah, he just yeah, wasn't getting as much ice time. Mm-hmm. They were basically using him as the, the tough minutes guy because that opened up Matthews and Tavares just feast on second That's, lines. The craziest part of this trade to me was a headline I saw on TSN yesterday, and whenever day it happened. Yeah. Yesterday. Leafs trade agitator Kadri to Avs. It's like he's a little more than. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, know he does that. I know. Yeah, he's. Uh, he I does know. Do that. Yeah, but that's like. I don't know. Would I just go Marshan? Oh, he's an ad. Like Tom Wilson's an agitator. Borderline pest, Nazem Kadri. Yeah, like <laughs> no, it, it, it would be like saying like with you know Phillies sign on base percentage guy Bryce Harper. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, I mean, his on-base percentage is good, but he does other stuff, too, and that's more well-known. Yeah, he's got that great hair. I I just, that part was crazy to me. I just, I really just thought Kadri was a little more productive than that recently, but it looks pretty solid. I do kind of like both the, I do like that trade for both teams. I do. I know you're talking about I do like Kerfoot a lot. I think think it's one of those good hockey trades, man. I think it's, I think it benefits But I did have that reaction. That's why I was laughing, because I saw it yesterday, and I was like, wait a minute. It kind of works out for both teams. <laughs> like, I don't really hate either side here. So yeah, it's, it is fascinating this idea of like what would a Flyers equivalent of that trade be, and I just don't know if there really is one, like a fair equivalent. This was because, something I was trying to throw together. Yeah, it was like who's because, that guy? Because like I Barry and Ghost, are, I think are fairly equivalent as players, but the difference between the two is that ba- like the reason why Colorado was willing to trade Barry is because, number one, they have all those great young defensemen, but number two, Barry's a free agent after this year, and they probably weren't going to re-sign him anyway. So basically, Toronto is just getting a rental. Ghost is not a rental. Ghost is on a good contract for the foreseeable future. So really, Ghost has more value than Barry does. But they're retaining some of, like, half of Barry's salary. Yeah, but that doesn't matter as much because Colorado Colorado has the cap space. So for them, it's just like, look, we'll do whatever we got to do to get this deal. Imagine having that much goddamn talent and having cap space. (laughs) It'd be fun, wouldn't it? Like, the Flyers got Niskanen and Braun. It was like, oh, remember that 30 million bucks? It's a six. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, All right. Anyway, back to my positive spin Tuesday. I think Kevin Hayes is going to have the best season of his career. I think it's going to well, be. Well, okay. I think it's going to be kind of easy for him to top his uh, career highs of like twenty-five goals and fifty-five points. I think it's going to be kind of easy for him to do it. You know why? He's never played with good line mates for more than ten games in a row. I looked it up over the. La- 
It's true, actually. Yeah. It, the list you laid out here is pretty uh, spectacular. Last year, he played, uh, over the last two years, the most minutes he's played with anybody are two guys he played with in Winnipeg for a 10-game stretch. 12 games total, but 10 games where they were primary line mates. He's got like two other groups where uh, of guys he's played more than 90 minutes of them, and they include guys named Jesper Fast and Washed Rick Nash. Like, <laughs> Washed Rick Nash. It's, it, he's never played... I, I, I realize that Ellers and... Uh, uh, who's the other one? Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor. Ehlers and Kyle Connor are pretty good. But he played with them for 10 games yeah. and that's it and they were used in a third line role like a lot of the like 50% of the time if he plays a full season with go- 30 goal scorer JVR and point producing machine no matter what you think of Jake Voracek, he gets you set up in the offensive zone and creates scoring chances I think with these two big dudes and Jake's not small himself they could presumably put up better numbers than we've ever seen out of Kevin Hayes. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that production-wise, we haven't seen the best out of Hayes. Yeah, it's possible. Like The the big thing that always, from what I gather from the Rangers fans I've talked to and then also just the research I've done, is that the the two big things that really dragged down Hayes' raw production numbers in, in New York were, number one, his usage. He wasn't used... At five on five. Well, good thing maybe, we have maybe, a different coach. Maybe, maybe <laughs> as much as he as he should have been. Um, and then number two, his line mates weren't always that great. Uh, but then the second thing was that he just wasn't really given a lot of power play time. Now, yeah. granted, I don't think he's going to be on power play one here. I, I don't see a fit. Like I just don't see who he knocks out. But you know, it goes back to something we've been talking about for years: is that you know, at some point they got to figure out power play too, right? Yeah. At some point, it's not going to be god-awful. And I, the, I guess the more talent you keep adding, like at some point, it's going to score some we, goals. Let, let's, all right, so the first power play, I, what I want it to be and what it's going to be are different. So let's talk about what it's going to be. Probably going to be Dr- Drew Voracek, Couturier, Van Riemsdyk, Ghost. Ghost. That's probably your five. So, yeah, that's your, you're sticking with power play one is what we think power play one is going to be. So two is presumably Sandheim. Sandheim, Hayes, TK, Nolan, Nolan, Provy, and either Provy or Lindblom, depending yeah. on what they go I mean, with. I, I wouldn't put Provy on there, but I'm pretty sure they will. Yeah, he's not good on the power play. Yeah. I don't know why they keep doing yeah. it. But they keep they keep wanting. It's like the the line. It's like the line from uh, from Mean Girls. You're just they just keep trying to make fetch happen. They yeah. keep trying to make Provorov on the power play happen. If they're gonna keep, if they want to go with two defensemen, if it's gonna be Provorov, but. Like that's gotta work, right? At least yeah, not well, zero. Think, yeah, at some point, yeah. at least not zero. Like, because <laughs> well, that was the expectation yeah. last year. You know, they only scored two goals, yeah. so if they have more than two, it's a success. And I don't know if they did. Now they had like a little run for a mm. bit where the second power play like wasn't the worst thing ever to be on ice, but it's it still hasn't been good. They, this yeah. has to fix it. I, I would imagine so. I hope so. That second yeah. unit is fucking slow. Who, who's going to be in charge of the power play this year? Is it uh, Yo or Terrian? Uh, it's uh, God. I guess it's Terrian. Yeah, because Yo, so Yo is defensive defensive PK. Yeah, there you go. So I would assume Terrian's better than Knobloch. I would hope so. I don't know. Uh, Knobloch has some stretches last year. Yeah, we'll we see. Shall I would see. hope so. But. Uh, we'll see. I just had well, Knobloch was setting Drew up on the other side of the ice last year. Yeah, that was which bad. Is, yeah. That, I, I mean, just, I would assume. So you take those games out. And then I maybe. just feel like that was like it was dumb and it was bad and like yeah. he got fired and that's fine, 
But like, I, oh yeah, what were they? they it, when power play <laughs> one goes, this team isn't going to score. Right. No, That's sure. what they do, and it just disappeared for how, like. All right, yeah. well, I I just do have something to, else. I just have to think that like one of these years. Someone, and whether it's Hayes, whether it's Konechny, whether it's Patrick, someone is going to step up and just be like, "This is my fucking unit." And like, once that happens, once you have the the big problem with power play two, in my mind, is not necessarily tactical. It's just that like no one has stepped up and said, "This is my unit." Like Drew, Drew is power play one. Yeah, everybody else they are cogs to support Claude Drew. No one on Power Play 2 has been like, I'm owning this show. Somebody's got to do it. Like, I think it could be connecting. I think it could be Patrick. I think it could be Hayes. But somebody's got to freaking do it. Patrick. Because until they do, they're just going to keep on doing what they do now, which is spend 30 seconds trying to get into the zone, finally get in the zone, take one shot, which is usually a point shot from Prover off the misses of the net, and then it's over. And that's, uh, I think, for that unit to work, Patrick has to be the primary. If they're going to run it the way they run the first unit, which... I don't like, except it's Giroux, so it works. Uh, I think it's got to be Patrick as the primary puck handler just going, this is my thing now. I can do this. And he did pretty good at the end of 2017-18 in front of the net. That's all. He thinking. did. No, that's, where, that's yeah. where I want him. I want yeah. JVR in the slot he could on do. one yeah. with Patrick in front of the net. I was going to go back to the Kevin Hayes. I think I don't think it's that crazy to think he's going to have a career year either, uh, Bill, but kind of to work off Charlie's point that when I was looking up his numbers before, he never had power play time really before this past season and then this season is when his ward number jumped up and he had all these different like great underlying numbers so it kind of goes hand in hand that i don't know i I think it's leading into next year being pretty good i don't know about well the the argument you hear from rangers fans is that the reason why the numbers went up was because he was finally getting used in an offensive role that for years they had sort of sounds been like, familiar. Yeah, that they had sort of been kind of pushing him into this defense, and you know, then then there was a couple years under Vino where they basically turned. He was centering the Grabner line, where the whole idea of the yeah. Grabner line was like, hey, let's just get utterly buried, and then let's just have Michael Grabner kind of cheat and just try to give him breakaways. Like that was the entire strategy of the line, and he was centering it, so that's just what he did. And this year was the under Quinn was the first year where they were like, you know, giving him a chance to just play offense mostly. Now, again, as Craig said earlier, well Vino's <laughs> back to being under Vino. Yeah. So who the hell knows what the use is going to be. But one would think that if like his line mates are one of, you know, or JVR and for a check that like they're not going to play rope a dope. They're going to try to yeah. actually carry play. Thirty percent ozone starts. Just really bury them. <laughs> Make them <wear laughs> that's, but, yeah. that's Jake drives play. From all accounts, it looks like Hayes drives play. JVR scores the goal. He's not alive. It Boom. should be a good line. Yeah, should, it, like, in theory, it should be a good line. This whole thing works. I got that's why this summer is so it's, kind of irritating because uh, everything is like it should work, but then people are like, "It's the Flyers," and you're like, "Yeah, yeah. but look, it, yeah." All right, let's get back to the uh, alternate scenarios here. Positive Spin Tuesday. You all know I am anti-Brian Elliott. I'm not anti-Brian Elliott the man. I respect him for the way he battled through injuries and put it on the line for this team. However, I don't want to watch a 200-year-old man tear up his insides again, and I am afraid that's what's going to happen. However... Looking at the alternatives, and, like, we weren't getting Varlamov, we weren't getting no. Laner, we weren't getting Bob, so, like, the top-of-the-line guys were out. I don't hate it. 
it's oh, it's it was that. him or Cam Talbot. Now, uh, Cam Talbot signs with Calgary one year, two point seven five mil. Would you rather pay seven hundred and fifty k more for Cam Talbot than Brian Elliott? As the person nah. I think that was most vocally supporting Cam Talbot to be the backup next year, I don't give a shit. I think this is fine. I think Brian Elliott, this price is fine, in my opinion. I worry about the health, but yeah, if it's, yeah. So my my view this whole offseason was that I wouldn't have a major problem with either of them. I thought they were the two best options. Yeah. I preferred Talbot. And if your question is who would I rather have, it's, it's still Talbot, even at that price. To me, I, I think that... I think that what happened here, because I, I actually do believe that Talbot was their number one choice. I think in the end he was who they wanted more than Elliot. What ended up happening was basically Talbot hit the you know hit the interview period market and somebody wanted and him. found out that people wanted him. And not only did people want him, people wanted him in a role that gave him a much clearer shot at becoming a number one again. Like if he took this this gig in Philly, he was going to be overshadowed by Carter Hart. Yeah. Even if Carter had had a, had a down year next year, Talbot was still going to be second banana to Carter Hart. Absolutely. It was basically like, yeah, you'll be the quote unquote starter while Carter's struggling, but the minute Carter comes out there and has a good game, you're back to being one B yeah. buddy. And everybody knows that as the way it has to be. But what I think kind of happened here was that like I, I I feel like Fletcher might have got a little too cute here because I my understanding is that Talbot was very much open to rejoining the Flyers once the season got done. And I think what I think what Fletcher decided to do was basically like he he knew he was going to be spending a lot of cap space and he figured, well, let's just take it down to the wire and we'll basically play these two guys against each other. And we'll we'll basically take the guy who's you know giving us the more reasonable price with a preference that we'd rather it be Talbot than Elliot because of the injury concerns. And I think if he would have offered Talbot a, like a two year, two point seven five a year uh, a year deal in April, and actually would have you know I I think Talbot might have taken it because I think Talbot liked it here. I think he was happy in Philly. But once he got opened up to the possibility of hey, I might be able to be a starter again. Yeah, because like, he's coming off the down year. Everything in Edmonton yeah. just turns to crap. So yeah. it's like, let me get that one year deal and reclaim, yeah. you know, my spot, and then go be a tandem goalie for the rest of my career, yeah. and that'll be fine. And then it sounds like, oh yeah, we want you because we just had Mike Smith, and that was your other option. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. That's Mike Smith, one year, two million. So the exact same contract as Brian Elliott. Listen, I didn't want Elliot back, but I will take El- I would take Elliot oh, yeah. at a million more. Oh yeah, absolutely. I never want Mike Smith. <laughs> no, if Mike Smith would pay would play for free, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I think I support Mike Smith a little bit more than that, but I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to watch him. Every, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more with them. I can't team. watch him. I can't every have him team on my team. that gets. I'm going to go the cardiac arrest every game. Yeah, like it's going to be terrible. We have a starter, so it's not like we're like, oh, let's see if Mike Smith has his yeah. bounce back year. <laughs> oh no, we're. we're Oh six and four! Wow, can't believe it. I, I, I don't. I, yeah. Every team that gets on the Mike Smith carousel then goes and replaces him with the guy that Mike Smith then ends up replacing somewhere. Like it happens to him every year. I swear to God. Anyway, but yeah. So going back to kind of what I was saying about that is that Elliot scares me. Elliot scares these injuries. Really do scare me. I, the argument you hear is, well, if they just don't overuse him like Hack did, he'll be fine. But I never really bought that because, like, you can't 
erase the fact that these injuries happen. happen. Yeah. Like, I agree that if they wouldn't have overworked him, the injuries probably wouldn't have happened, but they're there, and they're now part of him. He now has them on his record, and he could very well re-aggravate them, considering the fact that he's 34. So, like, that is a big concern for me. At the same time... If you miss your chance on getting Talbot, I think he was your second-best option, so fine. You got the second-best option. What I viewed as the second-best option, I can live with it. Especially they only got him on one-year deal. And that's it's a one-year deal, and that's fine. And I look His first year here, 2017-18, we all remember, he was good until they broke him. They used him the whole month of December, beginning of the season through Christmas. 9-16 save percentage in 29 games. Post-Christmas through the end of the year, he had all that missed time with injury. 8.92 save percentage in 14 games. Then we all remember what a disaster the playoffs were. He was good until they broke him. Yeah, 2018-19, he had a couple of really bad games yeah. that brought his numbers down. But up until he got hurt again, he was pretty decent, especially for what you expect from a backup. Now, like Charlie said, to get away from Positive Spin Tuesday... <laughs> This isn't like Simple he broke. <laughs> this isn't like he broke his hand. These are core muscles. Yeah, it's a important. hip. Like this is. They stuff, don't really go. Away. This is nothing. This is just something that changes who you are. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's one percent, you're one percent less than you were. And at 33, 34 years old, it's how how far is that one percent? Uh, one thing I wanted to know though: any sense on Alex Lyon standing in the organization? So Fletcher did mention him this week at Dev Camp, basically saying that well, we have Alex Lyon who can come up, you know, if if injuries hit, and he you know kind of flew under the radar, but he had a good year in the AHL, another good AHL season. So I think he's still in. I think he's still in the mix. I, I don't think they're just going to up and trade him. By the same token, they did sign Barube uh, yesterday to be you know to add more depth. I guess they already have Sandstrom. And basically, Ustamenko is coming over. Yeah, well, Ustamenko, I assume, is going to play in the ECHL, ECHL because there just isn't room anywhere else, and they just wanted him to play. Yeah. They were they were annoyed that basically he wasn't getting promoted as quickly as they thought he should be in the uh, in the KHL system. They wanted to get him over here. He wanted to come over, so it made sense. I don't think that's going to be a problem. My question is how you're going to fit these three because Fletcher said yesterday in a conference call basically that. Look, Felix Sandstrom is going to play, and he's going to play a lot. Good. So if Felix Sandstrom is going to play a lot, presumably in the AHL, well, you have Lyon, and then you have Berube, who you just signed. So now you got three goalies. Like, I get it, because they're obviously looking at what happened last year. They know they just signed Brian Elliott back, who, as we just talked about, has injury concerns. Oh, no, whoever so, the number three is is going to play. Yeah, so they yeah. want the depth. I get that. But I just, it, it's kind of going back to, I wonder how they're going to make this work. I also wonder how they convinced the, how they convinced Berube to, to sign here, considering all the goalies they have in the system. But like maybe that was him, just all that was just all that was out there for they them. They showed him the Eight list. Eight goalies of, played last yeah, year. They showed, <laughs> him, they showed him the list of names from last year, and he was like, "I'm going to get ten NHL starts." <laughs> all right, let's move on to the other holes that they filled: the uh, first and second pair right side D men, right Braun and Niskanen. To me, my positive my positive spin Tuesday on this is um, worst case scenario. At least they're only here for a year or two, and I do think that was that played a role. I think it, Fletcher actually he didn't like blatantly say it, but he very strongly hinted that you know a big reason why they like these guys as fits is because they don't have much term left on their on their deals and that allows for future flexibility if they want to continue to restructure the defense in the future. Uh, so that was part of it, I'm sure. 
I just and Craig, I'm I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on these guys um, because I think you were less than thrilled about this. Oh, so are Yeah, um, but like I just am worried they're not good anymore. I yeah. I hope they yeah. are, but yeah. I'm just worried they're bad now. Yeah. See, that's the whole thing is uh, again only one or two years. That's fine. It's supposed to help the kids grow. Not Wonderful. five or six. Yeah, not five or six. No, that's what I mean. Like it is fine. Like in two years, if they both suck, theoretically they're both gone. Yeah. So it's not like Tyler Myers where. One year he's bad, and then it's like, well, we got four more years. Yeah, right. So and that's but, I, yeah. Well, Braun and Iskan though, it's I can see how it can work, but just overall, they both had. I think Braun had a down year too. I know Niskan notably had Notab- a yeah, down Niskan year. notably had a down. Year. And it just seems like the big appeal of Niskan is, hey, he plays a lot. And it's like, are they good minutes? And it's like, well, they used to be. They used to it's be like, exactly. Okay, well, <laughs> can they get to be good again? It's like, well, we don't know. And then we traded for. Like, I feel like every piece is like that. Summed up though, there's the Niskan trade where everybody can just lead to, yeah, it could be, and then we don't know. Yeah, Braun, because Braun, it's like that split. No, actually, he's better than you think. You just the the numbers, you right? Know, That's the whole but, thing. And with it's Braun, like, yeah. all right, maybe he's good, maybe he isn't. Whatever. He's the one to me. He's like he plays a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Niskanen to me, no matter. I'm like he can pass. At yeah. least he like. See, that's the other like, thing. Worst too, case yeah. scenario, he's bad. Matt Carl. Like yeah. you know what? If we get him the puck, if 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 Sanheim or Provorov goes back and retrieves, and he's open, and they get him the puck, he will then pass to an open that forward, is... and we will have broken out. At least we will have done that. And I think he is quicker than Gudis. I haven't. I don't he know. Is. Yeah, yeah, he's, so, he's, he's a uh, the mobility he's not as good factor, as he used to be, but he's still good. Right. So the mobility factor, I think, is a very real thing to me in this situation. Which, again, in most situations, I want to be like, well, he's quicker, or like yeah. just as the main reason to trade for somebody. And yeah, when you, you oh, know, it's yeah. funny in a weird sort of way, and I was kind of. I guess kind of to give some some background on this, just in terms of the way I, a, a lot of people understandably peg me as like the numbers guy, and I'm in a way I am, but like, I always look at the numbers as a way to build a, a story in my head about a player. Like that's, I, I, I think in stories, I just let numbers inform the stories that I create in my head about teams and players and whatnot, and I almost feel more comfortable in brawn than I do in Niskanen. And the reason is this, is because I can tell myself the story that the reason why Braun's numbers look like crap is because he was on a team with two great defensemen that he never played with, and relative numbers are inevitably going to look like shit when you're never on the ice with Eric Carlson and Brent Burns the because guy. because they're both right-handed shots and you're the third right-handed shot. So yeah. you were used as basically the guy, you know, you were just you were just the guy who they threw out there to take up time before the guys who helped yeah. the scoring happen. And so if you if you put him in a, in a team where he's not doing that, and when he's paired with Provorov or Sanheim or Gossesbear all the time, things that that's a story that I tell myself in my head like that makes sense to me. Whereas with Niskanen, it's basically, well, he's just bad now, but maybe he'll get better. And I, it, it, like it could he could, it, and the like the only thing in my head that makes sense. As to why he might get better is that, well, they won the cup. He played until June, probably partied until August, and then wasn't ready for the first two months of the year. And by the end of last season, he was back to being fine. So they obviously didn't win the cup this year. He had the whole summer, and now he'll be okay. Like That's about the only story I can tell myself as to why why Niskanen has this big bounce back here. And that's concerning to me because I just... I, I want to have a story in my head explaining why a bounce back is possible for both him and Braun, and the Braun story just seems more plausible to me yeah. than the Niskanen story. So the thing with Niskanen, too, is that 
everybody talks about this last season, but even two years ago, his numbers yes. were fine, but they weren't like they, they weren't Niskanen numbers. Well, yeah, what, he, what happened with Niskanen two years ago? Because like to to go into nerdy numbers thing, so yeah. a lot of people have been using evolving wild <laughs> WAR stat to to look at players now. And if you look at if you look at Niskanen's WAR, his WAR was always good. Two years ago, it was still good. Last year, it was in the toilet. But yeah. the thing with the thing with his with their war stat is they're twins. Uh, the thing with their war stat is that a lot of what compi- like comprises their war stat is actually goal based results, particularly goal based results when it comes to offense being created. And two years ago, Niskanen's shot and chance numbers were actually bad. The, the, the numbers dropped off dramatically, but the reason why he still looked positive by war is because the goal-based numbers were still good. But as we've talked about on the show a lot, a lot of that can just be PDO and guy got lucky and got some good bounces. So this year, his, I don't think his, his, his underlying numbers, like his shot and chance numbers, I don't think they got dramatically worse. It's just that the goal numbers started to match the shot and chance numbers. So while by war, it looks like he only had the one down year, if you're looking at his underlying numbers, he kind of had two. The first one was just overshadowed. Like people didn't notice because the team was still scoring a lot of goals when he was on the ice. But theoretically, the decline started two years ago, which is another reason why I'm concerned. Again, I hope he bounces back. I do still like the skill set, but it's a concern. Yeah, and with Braun, I think I made a similar point like last week on Fly Perbly, and I probably took it from you the thing about Braun with the relative teammates. Yeah, about yeah. How, yeah. And also with Braun too, I think he has. I know. Offensive zone start percentage isn't the stat it used to be, but I think he's one of like eight players that started like forty one percent in the D zone. Oh, they buried him. They yeah, absolutely and he buried had him the there. best numbers out of those eight players. Again, really reaching for good numbers to hey, put all, pull out on Braun. Very just, small sample you know, size. No, I was just about to say it doesn't seem like you guys are getting the point of positive spin Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> Thank you for getting it back on track, Craig. But see, that's how stats can be used. In a, like yeah. I had to go that far. He was the that, best like, of the Braun. eight worst guys. I was ever. gonna say yeah. I had to go that far to be like Justin <laughs> Braun actually good. But. And just to look at the alternatives here, we talked about the free agent market for defensemen and how I didn't want to be the team that paid any of these guys like the. Tam- Tampa Bay Lightning went out and got Luke Shen, you know? Um, I mean, to be like their seven or eight. Yeah, whatever. To be their He's not good. Yeah. It's fair. Like, <laughs> it's fair. Tyler Myers, five years, six million a year. Anton Strollman, three at 5.5. Yeah, I'm good on that. You know what? Yeah, re- I put the, I put him in there because that was another name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, you know what really annoyed me the most about that Tyler Myers deal? They could have given him the McDonald deal. When I saw that, <laughs> when yeah. I first yep, saw yep, that, yep. I'm like, yes, another McDonald deal. I'm like, oh, come no, on. it's backwards. It was backwards. You guys had the perfect opportunity to give another Andrew McDonald deal because then it could be, it would have been so great if Andrew McDonald, Danny DeKaiser, and Tyler Myers all had the same <laughs> deal when they're all the same freaking guy, which is whatever third pair defenseman it gets paid like a number two i like how benning probably was like i can't do six years of tyler myers to my fans i can't do that <laughs> meanwhile in philadelphia homer was like all the years of mcdonald until you die all of you. that's awesome uh yeah so at least they didn't make any long-term commitments there now and they haven't filled that three rw spot yet i'm just hoping it goes to one of frost faraby or ratcliffe at this point but at least they didn't give a third line winger a six-year deal much oh like God. the Penguins. Why is nobody? I feel like more people need to be talking about how bad of a deal that is. I don't know if you guys are talking. Is about he before. even a third line winger? I think I, he's a fourth line. Winger. <laughs> all right, even better. <laughs> you, I was yeah. being. I was being generous. Tuesday. Yeah, there, yeah, you go. there you go. Yeah, six years for. We're talking for about Brandon Tanev. Yeah. I don't know what. 
I like how Jim Rutherford won two Stanley Cups, and then he's like, "All right, I'm not doing enough dumb shit. Let's follow <laughs> on. let's let's go nuts here." And then he's like, "All right, Branson, Jack Johnson, fucking Brandon Tanev. Like, he, none of these guys are all well. It all it all started with the Ryan Reeves trade. Yeah, that was the uh, moment. Yeah. They win two straight cups. Now we're and gonna then play it was like, our way. Now we're gonna play our what? way. You won two straight cups. Your way was and working. Traded and traded Sunquist to the Blues, if I remember. And correctly. he's good. So yeah, so there. Yeah, that might be it. That might be the that was, passing of the that, time. Was yeah, the that was moment. the moment. That was the moment when Rutherford <laughs> lost his mind. Armstrong like, just stuck, shook his hand. He's like, "You dumb son of a bitch." <laughs> I got at you a, so good. At a certain point, Crosby's got to say something, right? Like, if I'm Sidney Crosby, I'm like, no. <laughs> no! I'm one of the freaking 10 best players of all time. This is nonsense. <laughs> I just... Malkin's just like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I just find it amazing that, like, last summer, they gave a bottom-of-the-lineup player too much term. And then it totally blew up in their face at the point where they were literally willing to basically have him as a throw-in just to get rid of him in a trade that they agreed to with Minnesota until Kessel shot it down. So they realized on some level that that was dumb. And then this summer, they do the exact same thing with a different position. Now, granted, Tanev is better than Jack Johnson, but it's the same concept. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. They're better together anyway. Um, <laughs> My favorite story of the week now, gang. It happened! The offer sheets, baby. We got an offer sheet! Seabass <laughs> himself, Sebastian Ajo. The Montreal ha- Canadiens try to steal him, but of course, the Hurricanes say no. Now, was that a good offer sheet, though? No. Okay, alright. But we got it. We got it! Hopefully- no, I do very much believe that this is a this is part of the collusion. This oh, is right. part of the collusion. <laughs> it w- Shut him up. It wasn't ten Get or twelve one. It wasn't ten or twelve million. It was a nice manageable eight for their best player. Yeah, I just don't I don't understand why Montreal did this. Yeah. I'd- like I I actually <laughs> I get it from the perspective of, of Ahu's agent because from everything that I understand, Carolina was lowballing the shit yeah. out of out of Ajo, and his agent was like, "This is bullshit." Because like here, here's, I, I was getting into a debate with Carolina fans today. Because like, well, no, Ajo wasn't getting lowballed. Are you kidding me? Apparently, their Carolina's offer was seven and a half million dollars over eight years. Okay, that's, that's a joke. That's a joke. Like uh, over eight years, Ajo is a ten million dollar year player. And if you're talking about like if if a fair deal for him is is 10 mil eight years that means that they were lowballing him by 20 million dollars like that's a shitload of money and then the are whole- there taxes in north carolina <laughs> <laughs> good one. but so then he goes and he signs a deal that pays him more money over less term a significantly better deal, and then Carolina's like, "Ha ha, that's that's a that, that's totally market value. We'll sign that in a second. It's like, well, then why the hell were you lowballing him in the first place? If that if the five year deal is great, and I get it, they wanted the term, but like, if you want to give him term, you have to pay him for it yeah. because you're buying out UFA years, and you have to pay for that. You can't offer him less money." Then you said was fine on a five year deal, like on an average. Like so, I completely understand why the agent was like, "This is bullshit. We're going to be dragging this out until September, October." No, they because, were begging because, for one. because because this team just won't actually play us fair. Let's try to get an offer sheet with somebody. I get why he did it. I don't understand why Montreal did it yeah. because there was no chance that they were going like, to. There was no chance. The only yeah. thing I can think of is the agent basically positioned it as. 
Look at how much these guys are lowballing us. They won't match. They're just cheap. Yeah. Whereas in reality, yes, they are cheap, but they're cheap in the sense that they're just penny pinchers. In the like, they'll spend the money. They just don't want, don't want to. to. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know those. You know it's it's Montreal. It's the French. <laughs> <laughs> those rednecks. Like. Don't know what they have. Little little low key racism here for Bill. I love it. Is that racism? It. I don't. Are know. the French a race? <laughs> I don't. So know. the ca- uh, the Canadians. Everyone I was looking at I'm the This is that is true. That is true. I was going. Well, Bergman kind of does. I don't know. Dumb edgy stuff. Like he did the Subban trade. Made the Drew and trade. I guess he may as well offer sheet somebody. For a like team he always that's does, never like, in it. They're interesting. Yeah, they always do. I feel like he always does things that kind of are like a little crazy. So I think an offer sheet kind of, They don't have to sign anybody either. They only have three RFAs. I'm looking at it now. For a team that hasn't accomplished a damn thing in like since Patrick Waugh left, like they're always interesting. Yeah, the one yeah, thing I will, I'll say about Bergevin is like I don't think he's a good GM, but I'm glad he's I, in the league. I was gonna say I did not he, say he was good, by the because, way. Because like yeah. he does shit. Yeah. Like as, I mean. as, yeah. as an observer of the NHL, I am glad Mark Bergevin has a job because he's gonna do shit. He's going to do some sh- some shit that's going to be really smart and some shit that's going to be really dumb. But he does stuff, and he gives us stuff to talk about. So go Mark Bergevin. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> do you think this is going to lead up to other offer sheets? I'm worried Mr. about Provorov, dog. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, if they, I, I think he's... I, don't, I think Aho and his agent were kind of... Uh, maybe not playing it as crazy as Marner because Marner is in Toronto, so everything that happens, like when he wipes his ass in the morning, it's front page news. <laughs> so, like, obviously, it's not that kind of coverage. But I feel like Aho and his agent were begging for one, and it what like Charlie said, they were going to string it out. And the longer this thing goes, man, I was going to say, I have a bad thing feeling goes, the Perverell thing is going to string on for a while. So there's there's a couple reasons why. Like, there, there's a couple things at play here, and, and I'll kind of walk through this, the the situation that Perverell said. So, if you're talking about the agent, I absolutely do believe that the agent would try to get him an offer sheet if he thinks the Flyers are lowballing him, and I believe he does think the Flyers are lowballing him because he thinks his agent, he thinks his client is worth a shitload of money. I think he would consider doing that. I don't like. I I, I understand why you're worried about that because I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he were he was he were to consider trying that. By the same token, you can't like. The key part about an offer sheet is the guy has to sign it. Yeah. And I don't think Provorov wants to leave. Okay. So, Uh, like, I don't think Provorov would sign an offer sheet because I don't think he wants to leave Philly. I think this is just going to stay a stalemate until one side finally caves. But, yeah, like I think Provorov's agent is ambitious enough that he would try to get an offer sheet if he thinks the Flyers are just not going to pay his client what he believes he deserves. Then there's the and other. That's his job. Then there's the other factor, which is if rumors are true as to what he thinks Provorov deserves, is there another team out there that okay. believes he deserves that? Fair point. Because he has really, really high expectations of what Ivan Provorov should make, and is there another team out there that thinks Ivan Provorov is an eight million dollar year defenseman? Maybe, but it's far less likely than someone that thought Sebastian Ajo is an eight million dollar year forward. No, yeah, that's listen he. Ivan Provorov, better than fifty percent chance. That's what he is. Sebastian Ajo is that. Yes, like right now. Right he now, that. he's worth that much. Yes. Yeah, no, that's true. So there, he, there, there's other things going on in this Provorov deal yeah. that lead me to like lead me to believe that there won't be an offer sheet situation. 
not saying his agent wouldn't think about it if he's really pissed at the Flyers, but like I just there's a lot going on here that makes me think it might. It, it, to me, it won't happen. I'm not. It's not. I'm not. I'm not losing sleep over it. Like that's. I don't think it's imminent. I just see this as like a potential Nylander or Ryan O'Reilly, Wayne, uh, Wayne Primo I think situation. This could t- I think this could take a while. Where it takes a yes. long time, yes. and even yeah. if it's not an offer sheet, it's like a. Something's gonna happen that we don't want to see happen. Did real real quick going back to Aho? Did he actually sign it yet? Yes. Yeah. He actually did. Was, so Caroline announced today they were matching. Right. They announced. Oh, 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 oh you mean did 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 Dundon uh, match the offer sheet? Yeah. Right. Like, did he actually come through and like the Canadians can go back to having their their caps? No, I don't believe they've actually so officially matched. He, it. They, they just, just came out and they're like, it. yeah, we're gonna do it. And then for the next five days, yeah. they're just gonna pay. All right. I mean, that's the awesome. right. No, I love that. No, I hope they do. That's a great. That's like Nashville totally screwed us. It was great. Yeah. That's exactly what they should have done. It was it was damn shame for us. Well, I I think the Nashville situation was different because there was they had to find the money. There was actually a chance they weren't gonna match. No, they were the way Holgren set out that entire contract with bonuses and everything. Yeah, and the gigantic cap hit alone. They were shaking their couch cushions and like asking their moms for (laughs) for advances and shit. Yeah, like I I I am fairly confident there were legitimate debates as to whether they were gonna match it. Whereas with this it was just like, well, yeah, we're matching it. A couple of minutes left, guys, uh, because we started a little early tonight. So a couple of minutes left. Talk about a few other signings around the league. Got to go with our guys. Lead it off with Wayne Simmons to the Devils. One year, five million. Good for you. You got five million bucks. Um, I'm still not upset about this. I'm not upset. I just like wish it wasn't the. I don't. I wish it wasn't the Devils. I wish wish it wasn't a Devils jersey. Like if you went to the Sharks, I'd be like, way to go. I'm with you there. (laughs) Like yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, like anywhere. It sucks. This New Jersey. Yeah, like anywhere but there. Really, I'm glad he's taking their money, but they don't need the cap space right now. It's a one year deal, so it's not like it's screwing them. If it was a seven year deal, I'd love it, but it's not. Ryan Hartman. This thing was weird from the get-go. We move him, and then Dallas goes, yeah, we're not QOing him. And then he just ends up. We we kind of talked about. And that's it. it yeah, seems that was like, the whole thing. <laughs> seems like he knew where he wanted to go and had salary demands. But what is it? Two years at one point nine million a year. That doesn't seem like a lot. It's not. I, I basically what is that one of those? He would it would have cost us three. No, like, no. I, I think this is, would have been around what he would have what he would have got. It's just that I think I think in this situation, Fletcher kind of said after when we got access to him after he chose to make this trade that basically if the salary cap was 83 million we would have kept ryan hartman okay but i just think the way he looked at it was that he didn't have the luxury of another t- like a, of, a, of having like Roffles, another raffles already getting paid more than than your average fourth liner lawton's going to get going to be getting paid a little bit more than your average fourth liner i think he looked at it and said i don't have the luxury to have three fourth liners that are getting paid more than the average fourth liner so let me get a guy like pitlick who while isn't as good is still it's useful, one million and he's of- only getting paid one million whereas if the cap was 33 83 million i think he would have said yeah yeah that, that's a luxury i can afford now okay that's what i think happened quick question would you rather have Ryan Hartman at 1.9 or Michael Roffel at 1.6? Oh, um, man. I, um, I, I, I think Hartman's a better player. I was going to say, I, I just want Hartman. Age because and of offensive potential. upside, I'll yeah, take Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Though, though, I like Roffel. Though you... I, I do believe that Roffel, like, he f- probably fits better in the room. All right. Not that Hartman's a bad dude, but like Roffel. Like, he's been around. Yeah, he's yeah. been around. He's been part of the room. But yeah, I think Hartman's a better player. 
Uh, the highest profile signing, of course, Artemi Panarin, seven years, eleven point six with the Rangers. What? Are, oh I gotta say this. I he just wants to go and chill. Like, like <laughs> he just wants to hang out with Henrik and never win. What? What are they gonna do? How good are the Rangers gonna be? Not I, good. I was gonna say. I I know a lot of people join it's Metro seven teams. Seven years, yeah. so I guess like, maybe towards the end of that contract. <laughs> maybe it came with a free Metro pass. Like he gets a free ride home after every <laughs> that game. That was the deal. Never yeah. has to step outside. I. Yeah, the people that because I I get it to a degree why people are looking at the Rangers and they the Rangers did all of the moves that Flyers fans wanted the Flyers to do basically. So people are looking at the at the Rangers being like, oh my god, they're better than the Flyers now. What no, I don't they are not. what I don't think a lot of people get is no. like just how gutted that roster was after the season. Yeah, I still done. think the Rangers are not good. because like like they were a bad team, a very bad team. And then they traded away Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccarello, maybe their two best forwards. At least at least two of their four best forwards. And they were gone. So yeah. they they ended the season a terrible, terrible team. And yes, they picked up Capo Caco. Yes, they picked up Jacob Truba. Yes, they picked up uh, Artemi Panarin. And maybe, maybe Adam Fox is good. We'll see. But like Panarin, yes, Panarin is better than Zuccarello. But like what's, what's Panarin maybe? Like one win better than Zuccarello. Like this is a team that was awful. He's a, he's a, he's an improvement over Zuccarello definitely and um and and then tr- you know true but whatever. Like they've improved, but they've improved from a very low floor. I just think they have a weird mix. Like Like I think Ryan Strom is their second line center. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no that's Matthew. me not knowing that Ryan Strom was their second line center. That's all that <laughs> yeah. was. Um, yeah, Bobrovsky. <laughs> that was just me laughing at that fact. Yeah, Bobrovsky did not team up with Panarin, but he did end up in Florida. Artemi didn't, but all the rumors were at least half true. When they uh, went into July first with no goalies, it was pretty obvious what was going to happen. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, but the other goalie musical chairs here was just uh, Laner to the Hawks. Mrazik stays with the Canes. Varlamov, that's the one that blows my mind here. Four years at five mil a year for Varlamov with the Isles when Laner signs for so, one in five. My what question, the hell happened? Yeah, what happened here? I don't know. Uh, my only thing, and this is a reach, is Mitch Korn with the Islanders now? What? Mitch Korn, the goaltending coach that used to be with the Caps? Yes. Like, okay. Yes. Did he ever have Varlamov back in the day? Yeah, Do you, if you could well, just pull up Mitch Korn's timeline with the Cavs real quick. Let me see. But no, but I, that would be my only guess. And then the Islanders get their goalie that they have to rely upon again. Like well, I mean, Korn always followed Trotz. Oh, so okay. I was was Varlamov still around when Trotz took the job in Washington? No. Then no, because, yeah, Korn has always uh, been Trotz's guy. Nah. All right, no. Just uh, some guys I want to know if you had any interest in. Donskoy? I, I had interest in him, but the Flyers kind of priced themselves yeah, out. They yeah. just didn't have four the cap years, space to take him. Four years, $3.9 million with the Avs. Uh, Lee resigns with the Isles. They keep their captains. That makes sense. The Zook thing is hilarious. We'll get that to that someday. <laughs> um, Brett Connolly? I liked him. I liked him, too. I don't I know really, if I would have liked him for that. I was interested in Corey Perry. I'll tell you. For one year, for I would have done Corey year. Perry. Yeah, for one I, year, would have been For fine. one year, I'll do I would have hated it, yeah. but I was interested to see... Uh, it happened. Like, <laughs> like I would have come on here and ripped it and been like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna work." But like, for yeah, one year at one point five, like ah, 
He would have done some dumbass things. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. I don't know. I think it would have been fine. No, I didn't understand why people on Twitter were ripping that deal, and then I realized it was just because they all just hate Corey Perry. Yeah, everyone just hates, <laughs> yeah, everyone that's all hates it is. Corey Perry. Just that. No, like if you're gonna use him as a third liner, maybe it'll work. Yeah, you know, maybe figure something out. I, yeah. I wanted to see what would happen just to see people freak out, <laughs> but that's that's how I get enjoyment out of life. I, we know, Bill. Yeah. We know. All right, so that's about all the time we have today on BSH Radio. Thank you all so much much for joining thanks for hanging out with us tonight uh this was charlie is just reading this let's just read it this Zuccarello quote uh, yeah we have to we have to read it. it yeah so he signs a five-year six million dollar deal with the wild uh and this is uh paul fenton paul fenton yeah paul fenton talk- the legend yeah <laughs> slowly becoming him. a legend this yeah. is him talking about zook i told him when i was talking to him he's like a lizard you know the way a wizard take uh, lizard a lizard takes his tongue and sticks it as far as it does and retrieves what it was trying to. You look at Matts and he uses an incredibly long stick and he reaches into piles and he comes out with things. Most of the time, a guy would be awkward with a stick. <laughs> Jesus, a guy would be awkward with a stick that is as long as he uses. He's so natural, fluid, and smooth. This is funny on so many levels. It's just so. I, I did not expect that angle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to the roof and that is all the time we have for you on PSH Radio this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Give us those five-star reviews. Tell all your friends. The Flyers aren't going to be bad, fam. You know, you can, you can be not elated, but you shouldn't be mad. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah.